the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed the Bob France Authority. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us on what feels like a Monday, but of course it is a Tuesday at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, the fourth morning of the month of September in the year of our Lord, 2018. I hope you enjoyed your long weekend. Labor Day uh, is always a very, very nice time for us to celebrate and uh, look back at, uh, not look back at, that's probably the wrong way of phrasing, to celebrate and to take stock of uh, how hard we do indeed work in this country to make America great each and every day. And uh, to do that for those of us, uh, or for those that love us and those that depend on us, great, great to celebrate uh, all of our hard work all year long. So hope you really enjoyed that. And I am ready to get back to work. As a matter of fact, I'm kind of champing at the bit, as it were, as uh, we have a lot of things to do today. And I only have two hours in which to do them before I hop on the uh, flight to D.C. tomorrow, where I will broadcast live from the Federation for American Immigration Reforms, Hold Their Feet to the Fire Conference 2018. We'll be broadcasting live and talking to countless numbers of people about all of the matters affecting this country regarding immigration. This is all about immigration. The next two days, our broadcasts on Wednesday and Thursday will be all about immigration and immigration reform. We will be demanding uh, exactly what uh, we put these people into office to do. We put our elected officials into office with a mandate and an order to protect our border, to secure our border, to protect the people of this country, to uh, come up with comprehensive, comprehensive immigration reform that does not look like amnesty, that does not reward people who break the law. And we demanded that they, they do this, that we build the wall, that they build the wall, that they... Uh, that they end chain migration, that they end the um, ridiculous visa diversity lottery, that they end uh, all of the sanctuary city policies 
that they defund sanctuary cities. We've demanded all of these things. We gave them all of the power to do it, and they have not done it. So this will be a very, very big event. We hold their feet to the fire. And I will be talking with U.S. members of the U.S. Congress, the U.S. Senate. I will be talking to immigration uh, activist leaders, organizers from groups like FAIR, and also by uh, uh, the Center for Immigration Studies. Uh, We'll talk to Border Patrol uh, presidents. We will be talking to members of Congress, as mentioned, uh, sheriffs, especially from towns that are uh, and counties that are down there along our southern border, uh, and also angel family representatives to talk about the uh, plague of of criminal illegal uh, immigration in this country and those families who have suffered great losses because of it. Talk to a former FBI spokesperson. I mean, I've got a guest list that's longer than my arm, and I've got long arms. So this is going to be a really, really big time. Big program uh, tomorrow and on Thursday. But for today's purposes, it's a big program as well. We're going to be talking coming up here in just a few at about 9.35 to be precise with Kurt Schlichter, senior columnist at townhall.com and also a Los Angeles-based attorney. Uh, Kurt Schlichter, I saw him on Fox last night going off, going off on Nike and their decision to make Colin Kaepernick Colin Kaepernick, as I've been calling him really ever since he burst onto the scene as instead of just being a mediocre backup quarterback, uh, being a, a prominent activist and a habitual liar about things that go on in this country uh, with respect to policing, the criminal justice system, and more. Uh, but uh, yeah, Colin Kaepernick is doing more to, to destroy Nike than Michael Jordan ever did to build it. Uh, and Nike doesn't even realize it. Kurt Schlichter laid it out yesterday on Fox News. I reached out to him as soon as, as soon as I saw that, and I said, Kurt, you got to come on the program, and let's do this live. And sure enough, he'll be here at 935. So we're looking forward to that conversation with Kurt Schlichter. Then at 10.05, U.S. Commissioner Rights, uh, U.S. Civil Rights Commissioner, let's say that properly, uh, and Cleveland Attorney, of course, Peter Kirsten, I will be by for his regular visit in order to talk about Brett Kavanaugh. The hearings begin today. Brett Kavanaugh, President Trump's second Supreme Court nomination, after, of course, the successful nomination of Neil Gorsuch, who is doing a fantastic job on the court. Now it is Brett Kavanaugh, and the Democrats, of course, have dug in. They are absolutely 100% obstructionist on this. They cannot possibly question Judge Kavanaugh's credentials, his experience, all of the things that the Senate is supposed to do. The Senate is supposed to give advice and consent on a candidate's qualifications. That's it. That's all the Constitution requires, that the the Senate give advice and consent on the qualifications. It was to prevent a president from nominating a golfing buddy who doesn't have the qualifications to be on the Supreme Court with a lifetime appointment. Not, repeat, not, this is not for the senators to try to decide whether or not they like the guy's politics. It's not about that. It's about his qualifications. And when you look at Brett Kavanaugh's experience in the uh, uh, the U.S. Appeals Court, when you look at Brett Kavanaugh's experience working in the White House, if you look at Brett Kavanaugh, I mean, there have been very few people who have been qualified with more or excuse me, that have been nominated with more qualifications than Brett Kavanaugh. It is simply a matter of politics. We all recall, right, when Brett or when uh, uh, President Trump nominated Brett Kavanaugh. Remember the photos that we got of the uh, of the placards that the Democrats had made up that said "stop," and then there was a blank space. 
They, they, they literally were going to try to stop. They were going to protest. They were going to try to obstruct any and every candidate that the president could have named. If the president said, I'm nominating Mickey Mouse to the Supreme Court, they would have just filled in Mickey Mouse just out of force of habit. Whatever it is that President Trump says to do, we oppose. They had blank spaces for the name of whoever it is that the president was going to nominate. Turned out to be Brett Kavanaugh, so throw in the name Brett Kavanaugh. He can't do it. He's biased. He's this. He's that. It is simply an affront to all things decent and civil in our federal government. And maybe those words don't go together anymore. Decency, civility, and federal government, maybe they are all just you know, uh, enemies from one another, and they, those words should not be used in the same sentence. But it is an affront to all things decent and civil that advice and consent when it comes to Supreme Court nominations have become political uh, uh, warfare. And that's exactly what it is. The Democrats hate Donald Trump, they hate conservatism, and they don't like the fact that a conservative justice has been nominated, and thus they're going to fight it. And the worst part about it is that what they're doing, here, well, here's a report, just a little update on what's about to happen today from Fox News. In excerpts released by the White House, Judge Kavanaugh, in his opening statement, is expected to tell members of the Senate Judiciary Committee that a good judge must be an umpire, a neutral and impartial arbiter who favors no litigant or policy. He goes on to say that he's not a pro-plaintiff or pro-defendant judge. I'm all right. I'm going to stop that there because of what I want to share with you. This is just to kind of let you know what what the left has done here with respect to their unimaginable hypocrisy on this matter. I mean, it really is hard to wrap your brain around how how hypocritical they really are on this matter. I want to share with you some words uh, from Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who, of course, is a Democratic hero. She is, uh, uh, you know, I, she's been sleeping on the court now for the better part of a decade and will continue to, it would appear. And I know that sounds very insulting, but, you know, it is what it is. You've seen the pictures. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Ju- uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg is, um, uh, you know, her time on the court has probably passed. She's going to stick around. She's going to make sure she does not resign or retire, rather, before uh, there's a new president because she doesn't want to give Donald Trump another opening. But at any rate, going back to Ruth Bader Ginsburg's own confirmation hearings back in 1993, this was her opening statement. All right. Actually, before I play her or excuse me, read her opening statement, uh, I want you to hear again um, the, the, the Fox report about what Kavanaugh is expected to say. You're going to hear two remarkably similar similar things, and you're going to see two remarkably different responses to them from the Democrats. So this is what Kavanaugh is expected to say, according to releases from the White House, about Kavanaugh's opening statement that he'll be giving this morning. In excerpts released by the White House, Judge Kavanaugh, in his opening statement, is expected to tell members of the Senate Judiciary Committee that a good judge must be an umpire, a neutral and impartial arbiter who favors no litigant or policy. All right. Uh, uh, an umpire who favors no litigant or policy. All right. A non-biased arbiter who is going to hear each and every case on its own merits, not favoring uh, uh, litigants one side or the other, plaintiffs or defendants. Each case is on its own. This is what Kavanaugh is going to say today. Here's what Ruth Bader Ginsburg said in 1993 in her opening statement. Quote, A judge sworn to decide impartiality can offer no forecasts, no hints, 
for that would show not only disregard for the specifics of the particular case, it would display disdain for the entire judicial process. End quote. Almost identical thoughts expressed by Kavanaugh and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was confirmed almost unanimously. Why? Because Republicans knew that was the right thing to say. That as a judge or a justice on the Supreme Court, you cannot be asked ahead of time how you will decide on a particular case. And if you are asked, you cannot answer that because you should have no idea how you're going to decide a particular case. That would indicate your partisanship. That would indicate your disregard, as she said, for the specifics of a particular case. And yet what they're going to do today to Brett Kavanaugh is they're going to demand to know whether or not he would vote to repeal Roe versus Wade, whether or not he would vote to, uh, to how he would vote, rather, on a Second Amendment challenge. They're going to ask him to prejudge all kinds of cases that may come before him. And as he is saying, or he's going to say in his, his, his uh, confirmation hearing opening statement, no, that's not how you do this. Ruth Bader Ginsburg said that back in 1993. She was right then. She's right now. Will Judge Kavanaugh be afforded that very same courtesy to be able to say, no, I can't tell you how I'm going to vote on a certain, uh, you know, how I'm going to rule on a certain case, which side I will go with, because I haven't heard that case yet. I can tell you how I've ruled on previous cases. If you want to draw similarities to them, okay, my judicial record is available for everyone to see. But don't try to get me to tell you how I'm going to vote in a certain, uh, in, in, on a certain uh, uh, case that's brought before the court that I have not yet heard the arguments for or against. That's exactly correct. Kavanaugh is exactly correct, and he will be excoriated for that same exact correctness that he now kind of shares, if you will, philosophically and statement-wise with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. He goes on to say that he's not a pro-plaintiff or pro-defendant judge, nor a pro-prosecution nor pro-defense judge. Kavanaugh is expected to tell the senators that he is a pro-law judge. Over the course of the next three days of hearings, Democrats are expected to grill Kavanaugh on his views on abortion, gun rights, and executive power. So will he be able to get away with the Ruth Bader Ginsburg statement on those very same things? A judge sworn to decide impartiality, or I'm sorry, impartially rather, can offer no forecasts, no hints, for that would not only disregard or show disregard for the specifics of the particular case, it would display disdain for the entire judicial process. She then later responded to a question from a senator in her confirmation hearings about constitutional protections against discrimination based on sexual orientation. Her response, quote, no hints, no forecasts, no previews, period. She stuck to her guns and said, no, I'm not going to tell you how I'm going to rule on various cases. I have to hear the cases. That's what a judge is supposed to do. And I hope that Judge Brett Kavanaugh has all of those statements made by Ruth Bader Ginsburg memorized. And I hope he can repeat them right back to them and say, you confirmed her 
almost unanimously, not you, these same senators from 1983, although some, or 93, although some still are, but you confirmed her almost unanimously and you were right to do so because she was qualified and she did not give hints about how she would rule. I am qualified. I will not give you hints about how I will rule. And this should lead to easy confirmation for Judge Kavanaugh. Much, much more to discuss on that with Peter Kersenow. It'll be at 10.05. You can join us now at 216-901-0945. It's the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Nine twenty six. Now the Bob France Authority on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Very very busy day in Washington D.C. as Judge Brett Kavanaugh has his first showdown with the uh, Democrats in the United States Senate. Let me say that again. It's a showdown. It's not a confirmation hearing. They're not there to actually decide whether or not he is qualified. He is extremely qualified to sit on the United States Supreme Court. It is a showdown as they try to stop block. Uh, obstruct, resist anything and everything they can that Donald Trump supports. Donald Trump supported Brett Kavanaugh, therefore he is the enemy and must be stopped. That is the Democrat way. Jay and Illyria. Jay, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for waiting. Go right ahead. Good morning, Bob. It's been a while since I spoke with you. I listen. This This is probably like the most obvious observation can be made. But today, as far as Democrat leadership that's going to be questioning uh, Mr. Kavanaugh, they are going to be doing this in exactly the same way they do everything else, from DACA to any other thing that they, that, 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 that they promote. This is to stir up the crazies in their base. You're going to see today's questioning on Facebook and every other social media outlet that can be even thought of. And it's to stir up and get these people ready to set their hair on fire by asking him questions that, it, they, that they know he absolutely must answer in the exact same way that, that Ginsburg answered, because to answer in any other way, to give any answer directly to anything that he believes or thinks about, is totally contrary to the way you're going to, to be able to get confirmed in the first place. He can't answer these questions. They know he can't answer these questions, and they are going to exactly spin it out loud, 100% decibel volume and stir up the crazies that are going to go out into the streets and protest and scream about, oh, he's going to bring down Roe v. Wade, all the while knowing that the only way Roe v. Wade can ever even be addressed is if somebody out in America somewhere brings a case, and then it is subject to whether or not the Supreme Court actually chooses to hear that case. It's just not because he's, he's confirmed that they're going to pull out Roe v. Wade and get rid of it. That can't happen. It's impossible the way the government is set up. And, and I, I guess I just wanted to hear what your take on that is. Well, your take is 100% right. You know, that's the thing, you know, uh, Jay, is that they absolutely know that if he answers a question, then they're going to say, you have predecided a case. You are therefore not qualified. If he doesn't answer the question, especially about something like Roe v. Wade, they're going to say he is obstructing and he is not telling us his judicial philosophy right. and therefore he is unqualified. So they're going to, they're, no matter what he does, he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. And that's why he needs needs to, like I said, and I'm offering him unsolicited advice, memorize what Judge Ginsburg got when she became Justice Ginsburg, what she said, because it worked perfectly. 
Um, and and sure. it is absolutely not it is absolutely not in you know required of him to say how he's going to rule on a certain case. The problem, by the way, you're 100 percent right about what they're trying to do to him. The problem is it's not just the Democrats, as you know, Collins and Murkowski, two Republican senators, could yeah. tip this entire thing the other way if they don't hear him commit to 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 keeping Roe versus Wade as the law of the land, which again he cannot do. He can't um, do. But 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 they're going to demand that he do it, and if he doesn't do it, they're going to say we can't take the chance on this man uh, coming in here and, un- and 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 undoing you know what has been forty years of settled law or f- almost fifty years of settled law. That's what they're going to do, and uh, and they could be they could be perhaps more dangerous in the process than the Democrats are. I agree. They should just they should just wear uh, Jim Jeffords masks into the questioning and and you know have it over with. Amen. Amen. Jay, Listen, I'm glad you called my share friend. Share my thoughts and and thanks for your feedback. I appreciate well, th- it. Well, yeah, thank you. Uh, no, you're you're spot on. You're spot on. And I hate to make it sound like an echo chamber and here to, to, to say say the same things, but you, you're spot on. We'll talk more about this again. Peter Kirsten and I will talk about Kavanaugh and uh, what we can expect today. That'll be at ten oh five. But coming up directly after this newscast, Kurt Schlichter, senior columnist at Townhall.com, will be joining us to talk about Nike's corporate suicide, as they have just decided to pick sides. That's right. They have, they have chosen to side with anarchists and activists and protesters over, I don't know, mm, hundreds of millions of Americans who are absolutely disgusted by Colin Kaepernick. That story with Schlichter coming up next right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Nine thirty-five. Now the Bob France Authority continues on AM 1420, The Answer. My goodness gracious. Corporate suicide is all I can call it. Corporate suicide is what Nike uh, appears to be uh, engaging in right now. How they can just choose a side and choose against millions, and I do mean probably hundreds of millions of Americans, uh, in uh, choosing uh, Colin Kaepernick to be the face of their next ad campaign is something that is beyond my comprehension. Monday, it was revealed that the one-time 49ers quarterback, who two years ago began kneeling during the national anthem, he said to protest police brutality against minorities, has become one of the faces of a new Nike ad campaign, a 30th anniversary celebration of Nike's Just Do It campaign. Kaepernick, one of six athletes featured, is pictured in an ad behind these words, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. Did Nike sacrifice business to align with a polarizing former pro athlete? Consumers have posted videos on social media burning Nike sneakers, ripping the Nike swoosh from their clothing. In March, Nike worked a deal to supply game jerseys to all players in the NFL, who Kaepernick has an ongoing collusion case against. The first thing that I wrote when I saw this story yesterday was the last uh, Nike product that I purchased was the last Nike product that I'll ever purchase. And uh, I know Kurt Schlichter feels the same way. I watched Fox last night and saw him again this morning, uh, and I said, i got to reach out. Kurt Schlichter, of course, is senior uh, senior columnist at townhall.com, among many, many other titles that he carries. He joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Kurt, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm tired, man. It's so dark 30 here in California. <laughs> I know it is, and I, I don't know what you're doing up at that hour, honestly. I figured I know, I'd man, send you a note. You, like, text me at, like, 4. <laughs> 
And I thought, well, he'll You're get like, up you at want to seven. Talk about Nike, I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah, I thought you'd get up at seven and see the text then, but no, you were just responded right away. Uh, hilarious. But uh, you know, yeah, I did because you know your your words were some of the strongest I think that I've heard of people responding. A lot of people are trying to be a little bit more uh, measured in their responses to what Nike has done here, and you just called it out for what it is. It is an absolute atrocity, and it's an embarrassment to suggest that Colin Kaepernick, Kurt Schlichter, sacrificed anything. Uh, I don't think they understand the meaning of that word. Oh, he's a goofy punchline. Look, I'm I'm so tired of this lame liberal gaslighting. Oh, they're not disrespecting the flag. They're not disrespecting you or the you know by 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 disrespecting the national anthem. Why they're making a coherent and important point about something or other for some reason. And you know, there are a million ways you can make your point. But, of course, they choose the one that's most important to patriotic Americans. Uh, And, you know, they don't even have the courage to say, I really, really want to insult and annoy you by doing this. So that's why I've I've chosen this particular way of uh, making my stupid point. And it's just insulting when, when when they pretend. It's just another protest rather than a, an attack on who we are and our country, especially after funeral Rama this weekend, where we got, you know, the liberals, you know, I guess, I guess the memo went out Saturday that patriotism was good, and then they, they repealed that in another memo Sunday. So I'm just, well, I'm, yeah, that's, I, that's know, very I'm well cautious said. over the whole thing. Kurt, um, explain to me, we'll talk more about Kaepernick and, and who he is and what he really stands for in a second, but the Nike side of this, um, you know, and I don't know if you do corporate law or not, but boy, what kind of, uh, what kind of corporate advice would you have for a company that has chosen? I mean, they have to know. They've seen what the NFL ratings have done since Kaepernick started this, and they've seen what a polarizing issue this is, what a polarizing, polarizing figure he is. How could they put so much of their, you know, their their stock at risk. And I mean, literally, stockholders have to be panicking right now about the blowback this is going to cause. I mean, this is the company that entered into the partnership with Michael Jordan 35 years ago and heard Michael Jordan correctly say, Republicans buy sneakers too. I'm not picking sides on anything. I want everybody to buy my shoes. Well, look, there, there there's a tremendous uh, uh, pressure and, and, and a certain kind of reward coming from wokeness out there. And I, I think a lot of these companies are willing to take the shot. I mean, you look at late night TV, for instance, and they've decided that they can do just fine with a, a, a narrow niche audience. You know, Johnny Carson, everybody could, everybody could watch Johnny Carson. Everybody did watch Johnny Carson. Right Now, with a fraction of the ratings, you have all these late night hacks. They're all interchangeable. They all make the same jokes. They're all just morons. And, and, and they don't care. There is a way to uh, succeed at some level in your business, even alienating the masses of uh, the country. Now, I think in, in aggregate, in, in the macro view, that's a problem. I mean, look at Hollywood. Hollywood's numbers are way, way down. I wrote an article in Town Hall yesterday which basically said, yeah, if you're going to take the flag out of first man, you're really insulting me to my face, and I know you'll deny it, but you are. Uh, so you don't get a penny, not one cent ever. And I got a huge reaction to that. Uh, they were, you know, people people are tired of being disrespected, and they're just not going to put up with it. I think in the short term you can survive doing this sort of thing, 
and you 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 know the accolades and the support and the high fives from the liberals whose patriotism always involves hating America um, will sustain you for a little while. But I, I think in the long run, you you're limiting your growth potential because right. you know, we're done. I'm done. I'll never buy another Nike product. I'll never shop at Dick. Now, okay. now, here's here's the thing, Kurt. Let me ask you about this. By the way, I'm glad to know that if I hadn't woken you up, then your dog would have. So that's good news. Uh, so I don't feel so bad now. Uh, number two. <laughs> number two. Um, uh, number two, Kurt. Um, uh, this is a lib thing, right? The boycott thing is the lib thing. Remember, they found out in and out Burger donated some money to a Republican or something like that. Boycott in and out Burger. They found out uh, uh, Laura Ingram said something about shut up and dribble. Boycott the lawyer, Laura Ingram show. Or No, I'm sorry. That was over what she said about Parkland, uh, about the uh, idiot David Hogg in Parkland. They're the ones who always do the boycott thing, and, and it's always it always backfires on them. in and out saw a massive run on business. Um, I was there yesterday. Well, okay, there you go. See what I, I mean? So, so is this the in and out? Not like is that it was the a right sacrifice on my part? Well, don't do you not see this happening in the reverse? Uh, that that now you know you're saying boycott Nike or Nike. I'm not going to buy any more Nike. I don't want anybody buy buy Nike. Are the ones who support Colin Kaepernick going to go rushing to buy Nikes now? Possible. It could. Again, the niche thing, uh, the 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 niche market is something that they're discovering in, in, in some cases can work. I think it's a bad long-term strategy, but, it, you know, remember, they're getting, they're, they're liberal corporations, and corporations are liberal. The idea that corporations are some sort of conservative bastion is just stupid. Uh, you know, just watch what the Chamber of Commerce does uh, about illegal aliens and then try and tell me they're conservative. Corporations do not function only for money. There is a huge uh, power from uh, mostly uh, liberal second wives of corporate executives who nag them into getting woke. And it's just easier for them to make less money but, you know, get the high fives of their liberal friends. Well, that, that, there's no doubt about that, and that's what they like to do. Let, let me speak to this from the Kaepernick side, or let me ask you to speak to this from the Kaepernick part of this thing. You wrote an article uh, back in 2016, shortly after this thing happened, headlined, Behold the Courage of Colin Kaepernick, America's Greatest Hero. You uh, obviously tongue-planted uh, firmly in cheek. So you, you, you've been onto this guy's scam for a long time. and Somebody, somebody else who has been, too, that I was very... Um, uh, impressed with is uh, Jason Whitlock, and I don't know how familiar you are with Jason Whitlock on Fox uh, Fox Sports, but he's a he's a conservative minded black guy who has always been on uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick for this. His response yesterday was, "Told y'all from day one, this has always been about money, all of it. Revolution revolutionaries are not sponsored by major corporations. It's been a hustle from the giddy up." In other words, Colin Kaepernick doesn't believe in anything. Colin Kaepernick is not some sort of a, uh, you know, a Pied Piper here leading people in some certain way. He knew this was a way to get rich. He didn't have to play football anymore to do it. That's that's Jason's point. Uh, give me your, your overall take on him as a person and what he's really doing here. Well, look, Colin Kaepernick is a fool. He's just stupid. And he's also uh, pretentious. And a narcissist. And, uh, you know, that, that makes him, of course, a perfect liberal hero. He's exactly what liberals want to be. But it, Colin Kaepernick is really just a, a, a clown dancing for the amusement of the liberals because he says everything liberals want to hear. 
he does everything liberals want to see. They want a way to disrespect normal Americans like you and me. And the way they do it is by attacking our most precious symbols. And then telling us they're not doing that, and in fact telling us that they're, it's the highest form of patriotism, uh, you know, to flip a bird to the flag. Um, I write about in my book, Militant Normals, which is coming out October 2nd. Everybody should buy Militant Normals. But, I concur. Uh, and we're going to talk more about your book, obviously, when we have it back on uh, right around that time. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. I can't wait to read it. Actually, before we even talk about it, but but anyway, go, go, you know, you say he's a fool. Is he? I mean, yeah, first of all, stupid. well, I mean, he is. I, I, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, Kurt. Kurt, I don't disagree. He is a fool. But what I mean is, is he playing us for fools by playing this game the way he is? He has secured a massive multi-million-dollar Nike deal out of this, where he's the face of their new campaign. I mean, I feel like. You know, you're saying he's been dancing to his corporate oh, yeah, masters like, like, or like, liberal like, masters, but but in truth, I mean, he's he. I feel like there was a long game here, and he's now cashing it in. No, he. I mean, you know, to think that he's that bright. What I think what he was trying to do, I think what he was trying to do at some level was leverage himself getting a better deal with the NFL. And of course, he wasn't a very good quarterback, right. uh, and he's also box office poison, so that didn't work out. Um, but. You know, I, I, I think there's, look, there's always a liberal who will pay you to disrespect normal Americans. There, you, you, you are always going to find some liberal institution willing to subsidize your abuse of better people than you are. Tell me this, Kurt, um, about about Kaepernick, because this whole thing, you know, as he and all of his supporters have said, it's not about the flag, it's not about the troops, it's not about veterans, it's not about uh -huh. any of those things. It's about policing in America. It's about black people being killed yeah, by cops, lie. and that that's what he has said. Yeah, go it's ahead. So you you seem to be ready. Go ahead. There, there, look, there's there's a hundred other ways they could make their protest, a, a, a hundred, but they chose the one that insults us. They knew it would insult us. They know it would insult us. That's a feature, not a bug. They're doing it specifically to insult us. And I, I just, I, I get so tired of people telling me that obvious truths right in front of my eyes are, are not actually there. Why? No, we're not disrespecting the flag by disrespecting it. You're crazy. That's crazy talk. Why are you saying such crazy things? You know, liberals are just bad at gaslighting people. Yeah. You know, they're, they're just not good at it. Uh, again, funeral. The thing that's frustrating to me, Kurt, this weekend. This, the this thing that's thing frustrating about, to me. Well, go yeah. ahead, finish. This whole thing about uh, John McCain and how much the liberals loved him. Well, I mean, they loved him after he betrayed conservatives and broke his promises. I, I, I guess that's true. But they didn't love John McCain. This is all about hating Donald Trump. And, and you know, Saturday it was all about, ooh, did you hear? They really stuck it to Trump. And then they kind of slept on and realized they looked like a bunch of low-life idiots. And then the next morning, it's, well, no one mentioned Trump. What are you talking about? That's crazy. This is just to honor this hero. No, Trump, he never even came up. You know, they're just bad at lying. I'm a, I'm a trial lawyer in Los Angeles. I demand a higher standard for prevarication. 
<laughs> Kurt Schlichter, senior columnist at townhall.com, Army veteran as well, uh, joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. The thing that bothers me the most about Kaepernick is the just the inherent untruth of everything that he says, even about policing in America. Oh, yeah. You know, he every time there is, you know, he he supported Michael Brown versus Darren Wilson. He supported uh, Freddie Gray versus the, the Baltimore. He supports every single one of these and, and uses them as an example of, of, of law enforcement in America coming down on the black man. And suddenly he is now this woke guy who's going to stand up for the black man. Have you heard Kurt Schlichter him say one single solitary word about the two, three, or four dozen black people shot in Chicago every single weekend and expressing any concern for them, any attempt to try to help them, any attempt to try to go to Chicago and talk to the black gang members and talk them out of shooting one another? I mean, the hypocrisy here is just so thick. If he's really concerned about the plight of black America, why is he talking about cops, which is one scintilla of the problem that, 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 that black America faces today? He doesn't care about uh, black Americans being killed. He cares about promoting his progressive agenda. And this lie is just a way to do it. And, and, and you, you see that. He, 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 they don't care. And you can tell that they don't care because, you know, liberals have run Chicago for the last century, and they have done zero. In fact, they've actively uh, uh, collaborated with the gangs. So it's, it, 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 it's all a lie. It's all a scam. It has nothing to do with what they say it does. Everything they say is a lie. Oh, we're, we're, we're concerned about, you know, poli- uh, you know, racist policing. No, you're not. You're just using that as, a, as, as another way to promote your overall progressive agenda. Oh, we're not disrespecting the flag. Yes, you are. Come on. Come on. We all see it. Everything liberals say is a lie. Every single thing all of the time. And if you just understand that, then, then it's really easy. Because you watch them, you listen to what they say, and like George Costanza and Seinfeld, you just know the opposite is so. <laughs> that's very true. That is, that is exactly right. And, and, and that's the frustrating thing about it. You know, I, I know this, you know this, and apparently millions and millions of Americans who turned off their TV sets in the last two years because of what this guy started with all of the kneeling that so many others have picked up on, they know it as well. And, and Nike has essentially basically just flipped them the bird and said, you know what? We side with him. What I would yeah. like to see by by the way, just just based on pure financial demographics and economic demographics, the people that they have sided with aren't exactly the ones that have the most money to go and buy $250 pairs of shoes. We'll see how this affects their bottom line and see how quickly they pull the campaign. Yeah. Look, I'm just never going to buy Nike again, because if you come up to me and you tell me what I can go do with myself, I'm going to take that as an insult. And you don't get to insult me. You don't get to disrespect me. That is unacceptable, meaning I'm not going to accept it. I'm not going to shrug and then go buy a swoosh shirt. Ever. Now, maybe that won't bankrupt the company. Maybe that won't do much at all. But in, in aggregate, when millions of us do it, well, you know, maybe they'll get the message. Or maybe they won't. But regardless, they never get a penny from me. Not ever. Kurt Schlichter laying it down, uh, did a phenomenal job expressing himself on behalf of all of us, I think, on Fox News last night and again this morning as I saw it. Kurt, thanks for coming on with us here. Let's uh, definitely get back in touch with one another in a few, uh, well, a couple weeks anyway, in advance of the release of the book. I'm really looking forward to it. 
Sounds great. Thanks Militant a lot. Militant Normals by Kurt Schlichter. Pre-order now. Go on to Amazon and pre-order it right now. It'll be released on October 2nd. Uh, uh, Militant Normals by, uh, by Kurt Schlichter. Kurt, thanks very much. We'll talk to you again soon. It's 9.52. Peter Kersenow, by the way, joins us in about 15 minutes. Uh, make sure you stick around for him on AM 1420, The Answer. our short segment here on AM 1420, The Answer. We've got Peter Kersenow coming up in a few minutes. Peter and I are going to discuss um, Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation hearings. We are literally just getting news now, uh, my goodness, that it's, it's, it's typically orchestrated Democrat chaos at the start of the confirmation hearings by Brett Kavanaugh within the last 30 minutes. The hearings, this report from Fox News, The hearings over Brett Kavanaugh's Supreme Court nomination began with partisan fireworks Tuesday morning as Democrat senators interrupted the chairman's opening statements and protesters shouted and screamed from the audience. Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley was able to deliver his opening statement for just a few seconds before Democratic Senator Kamala Harris raised objections to the committee and receiving about receiving a batch of 42,000 documents relating to the nominee's work with past administrations. We cannot possibly move forward, she said. Grassley told her she was out of order, but other Democrats chimed in to back her up, including Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, who moved to adjourn. That prompted applause from some of the, I I can't read this the Fox way. I've got to read it the real way. The idiots in the audience and touched off protesting and shouting. Then after New Jersey Senator Cory Booker added his voice complaining of a rush, Grassley countered, I think you're taking advantage of my decency and my integrity. And he is right, by the way. It's exactly what they're doing. They're trying to bully him, expecting him, as the committee chair, to kowtow and to bow before them and, and, to, and to be bullied. Uh, because he is decent, because he will not raise his voice, because he's not going to shout, because he's not going to participate in their ridiculous shenanigans. They feel like they can push him around. Kavanaugh has left one of the longest paper trails of any recent Supreme Court nominee, having served for more than a decade on the D.C. District Court of Appeals, and before that, for five years as a lawyer in the White House Counsel's Office in the George W. Bush administration. In other words, he has left a trail of one of the most experienced and well-qualified uh, justice nominees in, in American history. Democrats have already seen thousands of those documents, but want time to review more. In other words, they have had two and a half months to find some reason to legitimately oppose Brett Kavanaugh. They have found nothing. Zero. So they're begging for more time to review more things to find something to stop him. That's all this is. They want to delay, they want to wait, they want to try to drag this out in the hopes that it'll get pushed till after the midterm elections. Then they'll be able to say, oh, we won the election, therefore we're going to take over the House. Um, and, and when we impeach Donald Trump, then he shouldn't be able and wouldn't be able to, to appoint a nominee. I mean, this is also blatant and obvious and transparent what they're doing. Kevin also worked for the independent counsel Ken Starr for three years during the probe that led to the impeachment of former President Bill Clinton. Tuesday's hearing will include opening statements from lawmakers and Kavanaugh himself. In excerpts released by the White House Tuesday morning, Kavanaugh vowed to be an objective pro-law judge. I played that for you before, and we'll talk about it more. Coming up with Peter Kersenow, who joins us next on AM 1420, The Answer. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.